When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I must I sat there watching a win you know a bit where um where I think Jane sees like a, a zombie mother turn around to her baby. I thought, oh that's a bit grim and I thought the makeup was pretty good. When zombies did appear, I thought makeup was on the whole pretty good. And when they got killed off, for me it was yeah, they've been killed off in a reasonably exciting way, maybe not very gruesome way, but I was kind of into that. It, it may genuinely be that this film had a target audience of one person and that person is me. It's you, yes, I believe they found the target <laughs> yeah. audience. Welcome to episode 47. This it's Flixwatcher Podcast. Hello, film fans. Today we are joined by Dave. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Beth. Hi. Kobe. As always. As always. And today we are reviewing Pride and Prejudice with zombies. Is it with zombies or and zombies? It's with, isn't it? And, and, well, it's a plus. Oh, yeah. Plus, plus, plus zombies. That doesn't Pride, it's plus that's the prejudice. film we're talking about. You know yeah. what it plus is. Zombies, zombies equals fun. Come find us on Twitter at FlixwatcherPod. Visit the website flixwatcher.tv for full listings and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. Hello and welcome to Flixwatcher podcast. Today we are joined by Dave and Beth. If you would like to say hello to our lovely listeners and tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yes, hello. Uh, my name is uh, David K. Barnes. I'm the creator and head writer of Wooden Overcoats, which is a podcast sitcom about rival funeral directors on a Channel Island. And I'm Beth Eyre. I play Antigone Fun, who is the mortician uh, in Wooden Overcoats, uh, set on the Channel Island, the fictional Channel Island of <laughs> Piffling Vale. Um, um, the, yeah. Oh god, no! Sorry, carry on. I was gonna. I've, I know the story of how you guys started because of yeah. obviously Felix and Felix and Tom yeah, came yeah. on the show and I've uh, listened to all your episodes and stuff. Yeah. But give can you give the listeners a bit about how it started? Um, when I first heard the show, I thought a mix of um, Six Feet Under. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very much um, the idea of um, Felix and Tom said we'd like to do a, a short film about. About funeral directors, but that would be really expensive. David, could you could write a sitcom? And I said, oh, I'll just have a think about that. Wrote down lots of notes and then came up with a script and some, something like that. And they went, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that'd be nice. And um, so I created the the island and the sort of the Antigone and Georgie and the the, 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 you know, the range of residents of, uh, of Wooden Overcoats, which uh, follows um, Rudyard Fun, who is a funeral director with his uh, morbid twin sister, Antigone Fun, the mortician. Uh, they're running fun funerals together, which is the funeral parlour of choice, being the only funeral parlour of choice on Piffling, uh, until Eric Chapman, who is a terribly, terribly handsome and charismatic individual, opens his own funeral home across the square and everybody goes, oh, I must get my funeral down there. They go over there and uh, the funds are now desperately trying to get their business back on track. And we followed them throughout series one and two and will shortly be following them uh, through season three, um, which will be, it's getting released right now. Yeah, it'll be online now. Mm. As you mm-hmm. hear, as you hear me saying this right now, so you should go and listen to it. But <laughs> after you've listened to this, after, yeah, listen yeah. to this first to this because now. we'll tell you at the end where you can find <laughs> it, and then go to Wooden Overcoats. But the first series, else you won't know what's going on. You'll be really confused. So, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, David. Um, why did you choose this film? And can you tell us what happens? Well, um, I chose this film. I think the same way that most people choose this film, which is they look at the title and go, yeah, all right then. And uh, then I, I, the, the, the sort of, um, I sense this of a, a, a slight uh, fear uh, on your part of, we, we could do good films as well. <laughs> and so I went, nope, my resolve is now strengthened. <laughs> I'd not seen it. I'd never seen it before. But I thought, you know what, I've got a feeling it could be quite fun. Um, I was, it does, it isn't a, a critically acclaimed film, shall we say, but there is something about it. I thought, I watched the trailer and I thought that actually looks genuinely quite fun. I want to see, because I'm generally also quite fascinated by these sort of genre mashups and, and how they work and, you know, that kind of thing. So like, um... Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. It's one I, I haven't haven't seen, but I'm now going to queue up as when I, I 
uh, would like to. But you know, th these kinds of things I do find intrinsically quite fascinating. Um, not in a kind of you know, a university I used to like watching so-called bad films and, and taking the mickey out of them. But now I'd like to watch films which might be a bit off the beaten track and a bit different, but genuinely finding what's really fun and really get, uh, you know, what's really interesting about them. And I think there's a lot that's very interesting about this film, which is, uh, as a synopsis, it's Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> uh, and there are zombies in there. Yeah, I think so. so uh, next. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, that's, that's the plot, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, before... <laughs> Before we, we, I think we need a bit more of a synopsis. I think we will. No, it's um. But it's before what, I ask that, yeah. Before um, are you, as a as a genre film fan, are you more on the the horror side, side or are you more on the period drama side? I or is it fifty fifty? In I which case, this yeah. film is a perfect. It would be. I would be the the, the, the single target audience for. <laughs> but no, I think. <laughs> there I, we are. I, no, I think uh, <laughs> on the whole, it's a. Uh, Probably on those, and probably more period drama. I do like a, I do like a good, uh, expensive-looking period drama, um, uh, with you know, populated by various veteran character actors doing veteran character acting. Um, in terms of horror, I'm not uh, a, a massive horror fan. I don't know much about, especially modern horror films. I used to be very much into the old of uh, 1960s of Hammer horror films, and in the 1930s Universal horror films. Um, I remember when um, Felix and Tom from Wooden Overcoats were on this show before they did The Woman in Black, which of course is a, a modern Hammer horror, which um, I've, I actually really do quite like uh, as a film and, and indeed as a, as a stage production in the, in the West End. But yeah, this is definitely... Um, I feel rather more comfortable on the period drama side side of things, um, but uh, though I did come to it as a person, I am not a say a zombie film buff at all, uh, nor am I much of a Jane Austen buff. So uh, I come to this as a total philistine, and I have to say enjoyed myself immensely. I too am a philistine. I'm going to ask questions about Pride and Prejudice uh, later on in the show. <laughs> what what happens? Okay, we have got Pride and Prejudice, but. Why, why are there zombies in this? Can you get explain why are there zombies, zombies in this? Do you, um, do you really need to ex do we need to explain it? Yeah. I mean, is it okay? There, there, there are zombies in this because I, I believe uh, a very I'm not sure uh, it ever gives us an adequate explanation as to why oh, they're that, there, but they are. They are there. I think the reason is a, is a highly lucrative book deal, which, uh, which has managed to turn into into a film. Um, I think it, the the uh, yes, there is. As you say there. I don't think there's a particular reason why zombies are there. Um, it's just stated that a plague comes to uh, to, to to Britain from uh, from a Broad and somehow this turns people into zombies. London has been totally devastated and they try to build a wall around it, which I think very funny. Um, that's great stuff, yeah. Keep them all in there. Uh, and meanwhile, um, the uh, other people uh, around the rest of Britain are trying to continue to lead the lives they led before. Um, yeah, but in also Hertfordshire, right? They're in cut off yes. by this area called the In-Between, which is between London, which is basically done. Yes, and Hertfordshire, which is kind of okay, except there are some zombies there. There are, yes, they're able to. Um, all, all the uh, everybody it's seems to be uh, sound everywhere. It is everywhere they go. There are zombies in in in, in carriages and and overturning restaurant tables and the rest of it. Um, and uh, Mr. Darcy seems to be a, a zombie hunter. He's taking it upon himself to wander around and try Colonel to hunt. Darcy, Colonel yeah. Darcy, Colonel yes, Darcy. quite right. Um, and all the women uh, have learnt how to uh, uh, various ways of fighting, either from uh, uh, Japanese or Chinese methods of uh, martial art. Um, so they all carry swords and knives. Um, and yet the world is also very uh, much uh, uh, on get getting a suitable marriage and in <laughs> ensuring you still have wealth and can continue your your properties and ensuring that you can continue your properties whilst fending off the zombie hordes at the same time. Now, which some some people might look at this and say doesn't quite hold water as 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 a plot setting, but I would say you are right, but I'm not too fussed. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very strange genre mashup where I think at some point you say, I'm going to accept what you're offering and go with what you, with that, and then you go with it head on. Beth, we'd Hello. love to know. <laughs> um, I guess I am slightly more of a Jane Austen aficionado, um, I think. Than David or just than zombies? Then. Then David, I mean, I I know probably less about um, older horror <laughs> than David. Um, I, I've right. seen some more modern zombie films, not huge amounts, but Twenty Eight Days Later and things like that, mm. and um, Shaun of the Dead, which I really enjoy. I don't know if other people do, but I guess it's what, what? Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> just, I think just yes, everyone yeah. enjoys it. Yeah, right. And so I think you know a, a zombie film that is scary and it's funny isn't necessarily going to be a bad idea i think Shaun of the dead has some, some wonderful moments where there are brilliant shots of people having their middles out that 
are very memorable. There's a lot of potential for that to work very well as a thing. So here we have Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, um, which, you know, sounds pretty fun to me. I mean, I grew up with the Andrew Davis Pride and Prejudice, like many people my age, with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy, and then there's a Keira Knightley film. People love Pride and Prejudice, Mm. and, and I do, but I think... I don't know, as a feminist, you're sort of aware that at the end of the day, and I don't think Jane Austen would disagree, these are about upper-middle-class people or maybe lower-upper-class people who are basically looking for husbands. And it's about women, and that's great, but it, it's still about that. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, you think, is the fact that they are all deadly and have swords in their garters maybe going to help with some of the issues that surround that. And so a lot of the scenes... Because the first two-thirds of this film followed Pride and Prejudice pretty closely. Okay. And so a lot of the conversations that the sisters have about what they think of the men are, instead of just brushing their hair, they are practising martial arts on each other and really socking it to each other, which <laughs> yes. I think is quite good fun. I, In a way, I think, yeah, I can get on board with that. I'd rather watch that than just people brushing their hair and warming about about the men. At least there's sort of a mixture going on. Um, so I think it's a film where there's a lot of potential for fun and comedy. And I think the first two thirds were sort of surprisingly fun. Every time you get romantic moments, you're surprised by something ridiculous that happens. I think towards the end, it slightly goes off the boil a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, both in terms of the plot, I can't, some of it doesn't quite make sense to me, but also I think because we're sort of there for the fun. Yeah because every time something romantic happens, we want somebody to smash a zombie. Some of the more protracted romantic scenes earlier don't really hold the weight that they would in a normal period drama, so you sort of just want the film to end. Um, <laughs> but but earlier, yes. there's a lot of fun to be had. It looks great. Yeah. There's a cracking cast. Why wouldn't Charles oh. Dance be Mr. Bennett? That's great. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Helen. I know you like a horror. Are you a zombie fan? I am. I'm a, a massive fan of the horrors, the, the zombie subgenre of horror films. Um, big zombie fan. Are you a Jane Austen fan? Um, um, we, uh, sen- I really enjoyed Sense Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice. I don't think I've studied that one, but I'm not adverse to a, you know, a good kind of Merchant Ivory slash period drama. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know about Pride and Prejudice before? I have a confession. I have actually read the book. Have you? I have. Oh, Excellent. Why is that really you, I thought yes. you were going to say because something. Here we go. Because it, it differs, I think. Uh, I mean, the book is bloody awful. So <laughs> <laughs> I, <a> bit, <laughs> the concept is it's it's Pride and Prejudice, except they're kind of zombies roaming around, which. I mean, that's it's as, a, that as a one-liner. Yeah. It it works, but. For the whole book, it's just like... Oh, so you've actually read the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies book? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you just read Pride and Prejudice. No, no, no. I've read the (laughs) book which this film is based on. So I knew exactly what was coming for all of the one hour and 48 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) When it's a film you don't like, Uh, emphasise how long it takes to get to the end. Tell us how you really felt about it. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this film for? It's not for fans of Jane Austen and... As a zombie horror fan, it's it's not really for fans of horror, I don't think. And I think it's difficult to market this film. I, I think they found that as well. <laughs> I believe it was a massive flop. Um, I mean, not even Charles Dance and Sally Phillips can save yeah. this Wait, horrific miscasting really a, a of any, anyone That's else. Shame, yeah. I mean, who who are these? Who is Mr. Darcy? Who is he with his wimpish, miserable, wimpy voice? And... <laughs> Let's go you know, the- our heroine isn't even particularly remarkable in any way. It's 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 terrible. Oh no! <laughs> so let's I mean let's look at where the cast the cast now is actually quite a strong cast. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, in retrospect, by the time Lily James, who went on to Cinderella, she's in Baby Driver. She's um, also in Darkest Hour. As, so she's gone on to good things. Sally Phillips, she came from Alan Partridge. I've seen her in this and not seen her in anything else. She's, oh, she's in loads. She's a brilliant Veep. Yeah, she's great. I think she's great, TV but she's pedigree. Yeah. She's a lot of British TV, so maybe less on the film. Mm. Uh, Matt Smith as Doctor Who, and yeah. I will always be Doctor Who. Yep. Uh, yeah. Gordon, in a very small part, I should add. Yeah. Uh, Duncan Booth. Is it Duncan Booth? Uh, um. He plays not Mr. Darcy, but the other one. Douglas Booth is Mr. Douglas Bingley. Booth, so, yeah. Um, 
so he's he's doing bigger things now. He was in um, most recently the Limehouse Golem. Um, so a lot of these people, here, uh, Lena Headey, obviously mm. she's um, Cersei Lannister. Mm. So there are a lot of people who retrospectively have done are, are doing quite well. Yeah. But then these would have been a lot minor, a lot more minor people mm. in, in the role. So this is put together. 2006. So it's yeah. fairly recent. Well, that's two. 12 years ago. Uh, 2016. Oh, sorry. Sorry. 2016. They started trying to make it 2009. This is it. it Retractive production hell. Yeah, production hell by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah. I think Natalie Portman was originally going to be Lizzie Bennett, and right. she's yeah. still involved in the production side of it, but obviously isn't anymore. Yeah. Would have been different. I think the writer was it David o, <laughs> David Russell. Yeah, David Russell. I'm glad she sidestepped that one. Yeah. No, David Russell did American Hustle was meant to write and direct it for a oh, while, really? and then it went. Uh, and then, then he had a, a, a barrack conversation uh, about the budget, mm-hmm. which um, watching the film, I, I can quite understand why because I think it, it starts beautifully, it looks really beautiful, and the opening credit sequence is is, uh, is wonderful stuff. As the film goes on toward the end, it visibly runs out of budget, mm. quite alarmingly. Um, you know, I don't think it's much of a spoiler. Say Pride and Prejudice, any version ends with a wedding scene, but it's probably the the, the worst wedding scene I've ever. Because you know, they, they clearly don't have a budget for neither and, actors or a set yes, by that point. Get Charles Dance to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, Charles, yeah, Charles Dance <laughs> pops like, in I and out of the I'd film. Finish with this. Yes, yeah, Charles Dance. They seem to have managed to get him for two days, and they've used him judiciously. But there are scenes he ought to be and isn't. So the budget does run out quite spectacularly. Um, but you're at the openings film. They've got this storybook oh, sort of God, that's thing where you zoom through it and you come back and you see what London is like now mm. and what's going that's on. And a, I like that. Yeah. It's you know it's it's silly. I think the title makes no bones about that. But yeah. they, they sort of open up this world and see what it might be like this way. And Charles dances or shut up about them getting married. I want them to be safe. I want them to be trained. He wants his daughters to be fighters. And you yeah. think, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we didn't actually feel it with you, Helen. What your um, so on the zombie side, so... Um, Sam- yeah, Samson. I mean, it's not... I mean, the, you know, the makeup is, is reasonably good, but sort of the method of killing is just a bit... What do you mean? Uh, it's just a bit kind of splattery and a bit kind of cgi and mm. a bit... Yeah, it's just not very inventive. Yeah, but I think the standard zombie thing is get the head. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just... What would be the de rigueur yeah, what would you classic as a, as, a, as a film or TV choice for killing zombies? Uh, we, we, we've already talked a little bit about Shaun of the Dead, which kind of reinvigorated kind of, you know, the, the less serious horror zombie deaths, you know, death by Prince Vinyl is is kind of fun. But I don't know, it just felt, it's very formulaic in, in how they're kind of like, Killed. I thought it lacked blood. We thought it lacked I thought, blood. I, thought, I think it's because it's all CGI, isn't it? It's a, it's a it? 15, so they should be able to pretty much show as much blood mm. as they want to. But, do, but they it, didn't. In America, when it first went yeah. out, it was a PG 13. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know what the history of the ratings was after that, but I think that might explain why. Yeah. And maybe that was a poor decision because. But also, there's not much it, actual biting. Is there any biting? <laughs> no, there isn't really any biting. Would you there's... apply that criticism to all films? Or just <laughs> I, I like biting my films. No, but it's... You're right, actually. Yeah, people for, don't for really a zombie film, you know, there's sometimes, obviously, biting. That's how people get infected. Yeah. And You're being right, torn apart away. by zombies is mm-hmm. a good one. And then kind of munching around on entrails is always always good fun. Because I thought that about the gore... Um, it's not really think... gory. No, it's not gory. But do you think that detracted from it as Yes. A... Okay. Because so, that would have attracted more zombie fans to the... It's I, just, it's not very inventive. It's just not, it's boring. <laughs> it's just not really inventive. I mean, obviously, they're a little bit limited in, in the kind of the time scale that they've only really got knives and things. But... And some muskets. And some yeah, muskets. Yeah, they shoot a few zombies' heads off. Muskets. Blown up. Yeah. yeah. Blown up. They're, also, they're never actually really a threat. They're just kind of... In the background, yeah. which is the problem with the book and, and obviously the, the fact that it was based on it, that basically just adding zombies to Jane Austen does not make a great story. <laughs> I think for me, that's what that's hit the nail on the head there. Because the gore thing, I think you can, I have issues with um, trying you're to play. Not a, you're not a horror I'm fan, not a horror fan, but I don't, I'm not, I don't mind gore. Gore's not a problem for me. But I, I have an issue with things like the Hunger Games where people are being killed horribly so and you don't see the blood from it 
and this you don't see the blood in here but i don't think that would have necessarily detracted away from the film but i think the point where the zombies are just kind of there but they're not there at the same time is just odd and the way the zombies are portrayed where they can they're very very conscious you, you don't know who's a zombie for quite a long time um is that's what i had perhaps the biggest issue with and in terms of like the lifespan of a zombie yeah. it's it doesn't really work yeah you're right actually i think we have a little bit of expositional dialogue early on that sort of wants us to know that every time somebody's infected it speeds up mm. and we don't really the, oh, every time they human brains yeah once they they're, they're, they're oh, yeah, infected but then once they amazing thing brain. about <laughs> i completely forgot about that terrible subplot about he, the church he's feeding feeding zombies Pig pig's, pig's blood to, yeah. <laughs> to make yes. them so we can all live happily ever after yeah if it's, that's not in that's the zombie bible yeah. it, it is i think yeah there, there are there are times when it's trying to do its original plot and i think that there is a quite interesting i think you know you go to a church and here you know the zombie folk and we might try and get things back together and it's interesting but then it, it does feel that particular strand the that gets a bit muff they don't quite know what to do with it um and yeah and by the end of the film it yes i say the budget's running out of it but i and yeah, certainly for the first at least the first half hour, forty five minutes, I must admit, I just found this extremely entertaining, and especially actually the, the opening, the pre credits bit, where you know Darcy rides up on, on his horse and everything's looking terribly serious. It goes in, lots of society people and they are put him in the cards. bizarre machine where they can see if he's been bitten or not. Oh yes, that could, yeah, and they got the people. Play, or, yes, they say if the yeah, have you been bitten? No, finally go through. His posh people are playing cards, etc. And then he's, you know, I'm here to hunt a zombie. Takes I've, out his carrion flies. Yeah, and he's, his flies, and, and they're that wonderful, you know, the kind of. Um, no, they're very loud, yes, but you only need to worry when they go silent, and all the. That entire sort of three-minute, four-minute segment is very much how a modern episode of Doctor Who would would start. Yeah. It, very much in that same way, and I think *Prime Prejudice* and *Zombies* and, and that it almost plays along in that. I was going to say it's like a, it is very much a Doctor Who story about the Doctor, but of course it is because you have Matt Smith wandering around delivering. <laughs> certainly, it's it's a it's a surprising performance. I, I certainly in the end I went, yeah, I'm very entertained by this. It's it's totally weird, but it is very much it's in that same kind of we're going to take that and put that together and see what happens. And say it is maybe a joke that sort of wears itself out over time, but certainly for quite a bit at the beginning, I thought I thought actually the dialogue was genuine. Having only recent, I've only recently read *Pride and Prejudice*, the original novel, actually for the first time very recently. So all the developments are very much in my brain. And watching, I found it was actually quite a witty take in it. Potentially a witty take for people who aren't that keen on <laughs> *Pride and Prejudice*, the original. But I don't know. I mean, Beth, I know I, you're a much I, bigger. This fan. is where I need to admit I've never read any Jane Austen books, and I've never seen any. Uh, Jane Austen films or adaptations apart from Love and Friendship which is kind ah. of oh yes yeah proto Jane Austen isn't it which I really enjoyed but that was very much on the comedy side um, so if you guys can illuminate myself and the rest of the listening people um, <laughs> who haven't seen any who haven't seen Pride and Prejudice what happens that apart from the zombies what how does it deviate from the how's it deviate source um, I suppose Pride and Prejudice very much focuses on these uh, sisters, five sisters, who are all in need of husbands, mm-hmm. and they have a sensible and protective father and a mother who's obsessed with marrying them off. And two rich men come to the neighbourhood, one of whom is very nice, and the other of whom seems to be very hostile and proud, but is very rich. And our hero is Lizzie Bennet, who is intelligent and uh, a little bit withdrawn compared to her prettier, more exuberant older sister, and is determined to marry for love or not at all. Uh, and it's sort of the story of how her and Mr. Darcy misunderstand each other because neither of them are the best in social situations and they're living in a society where it's all about balls and social situations and being very agreeable and they're not naturally very agreeable. Um, and I think... So that plays out in, in this film? It plays out to some degree. I think we don't get so much of that tension between them in some ways, although the scene where Mr. Darcy eventually proposes to her in a very rude and unexpected way where he says, even though you have a very disagreeable family and you're much beneath me, I I love you. Um, a lot of the dialogue is the same in that scene, mm. except this time they are fighting each other um, in this sort of elaborate fight sequence, which I think is quite fun. I think you you lose quite a lot of the detail of the book, perhaps because it's a film, not just because it's a zombie film, um, you don't really get a look in about Lizzie's best friend, Charlotte, who is her confidant throughout, who's very intelligent, and then slightly breaks her heart by marrying the foolish Mr. Collins, but it's because she doesn't feel 
she really has a choice. Is that Parson Collins? Parson yeah, Collins yeah, yeah. in this, the yeah, Ma- yeah, Matt, Matt Smith, Smith who's yeah. having a lovely time oh, being yes, a ridiculous uh, Parson. <laughs> you, you also miss out on Mr. Bingley's sisters. So he's yeah. the very handsome hero and he has two kind of evil sisters who mm. plot against all our heroines. And they're barely in this. And I, I think the bits I enjoy in the film are bits where it sort of is most evil, where we're having a ball and then you end up having to stab somebody through the head. And the idea that Jane goes out and might be infected by a zombie... I feel is slightly a missed opportunity and we have five sisters only two of them are really involved in the plot maybe three so maybe one of them could have become a zombie i think that would have been would more have been if i just sail a bit closer to yeah. the yeah. truth i think it's what some of the the reviews of uh, got a lot of them as i read um uh were very much well if you're going to do this push it even further and yeah, there is more. I think you can have more fun with it. That said, a lot of the reviews also said that. Also, pretty much said this is a stupid endeavor in the first place. Why are we bothering? So I think it's in a, and in a way that a comedy. I think it, comedy is always more harshly rated mm. than, than dramatic films. And I think this is a film that you sort of go to. If if you look at the title thing, I I'd, I'd like I'm going to enjoy that hopefully, or I won't. If you won't, you just won't go anywhere near it. And if yeah. you do, you'll go into it. You might be disappointed or not. As I say, for for much of this, I thought. It felt more like a sort of a size, more of a spoof of Pride and Prejudice uh, for me at least. And even when I'm sort of reading or watching adaptations, there are various points where I must admit I do go, I wish these people could just like, you know, come to the point a bit quicker or actually why are they doing... This particular film, by having, you know, a sort of monsters there um, uh, and a lot of the conversations are shortened, I always get the sense that it's almost like a spoof of that material. It's, you know, why are these people not having a discussion about this? Why aren't they getting married? Well, it's because there's a zombie outside or somebody's been infected or they've got to sort of go outside and quickly cut off the tops of trees of their saws to try and practice. And I think things get to the point rather more quickly and it is a kind of this like complete unruffled quality. Um, one reason I've, I think genuinely, I genuinely think the comedy throughout much of this, not all of it, but much of it does work is because it is played entirely straight. Yeah. And I, I must admit, I found out the performances... Um, Especially, actually, Sam Riley as Darcy, probably not maybe a Darcy for the ages, but in this particular film, I found very funny. I thought his performance was exactly what it needed to be. So, where have we seen Sam Riley from before? I haven't. <laughs> we don't know. Might do um, some uh, check, yeah, Google I'll, checking. I'll I've, I've heard the name. I can't. Remember, I can't place. I uh, did IMDb at the time, but um, I still don't think he really. Um... Can we ask um, one thing you said, Beth, whilst we were doing some Google IMDbing? Is um, so the 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 kind of Darcy's sister, not Darcy's Mr. Bingley's sister, Mr. Bingley's sisters, sisters yeah. versus the Bennets. Um, that came that came across a bit in terms of the Bennets were like, yeah, we know the Chinese martial arts, but they were yeah, like, yeah, we know the Japanese martial arts. How you know is that is that maybe the only allusion to the differences between them that they really kind of see in this? Yeah, I think they're, they're hugely cut. The The idea is that the Bingley sisters are uh, better off. I think in this film, we sort of are given to understand that the richer people have learnt the, the Japanese martial arts, yeah. and if you have slightly less money, you've learnt the Chinese martial arts, but everyone has learnt something to protect themselves against zombies. Um, so, yeah, it is a little bit of one-upmanship that remains, um, and there is one scene where they're kind of... Um, bitches, I suppose, to Lizzie, but mainly they're not—they're not really there. They're not yeah. really a consistent presence, and I just think make them zombies. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that would be fun, and it would tie it in better. Um, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, in fact, on the whole, uh, some some bits, especially toward the end, notwithstanding, I think it's reasonably well directed. I, I think a lot of the fight scenes uh, could go further with gore and sort of splatter, etc. But I think um, I genuinely enjoy. I mean, I'm, also, I'm not a so I'm not a big horror. Uh, sort of hard fat, and also I, I'm I'm a bit squeamish. I must admit when I come say so. I must yeah, admit I thought I must. I sat there watching you know, when you know a bit where um, where I think Jane sees like a, a zombie mother turn around with her baby. I thought oh that's a bit grim, and I thought the makeup was pretty good. When zombies did appear, I thought makeup was on the whole pretty good. And when they got killed off, for me it was yeah they've been killed off in a reasonably exciting way, maybe not very gruesome way, but I was kind of into that. So maybe it, it, it may genuinely be that this film had a target audience of one person and that person is me. It's you, yes. I believe they found the target <laughs> yeah, audience eventually. and it's you. And it was this, this podcast that, that brought me to it. But I, I, I generally think there is a... I, mean, I was looking online to see if um, general viewers seem to like the film more than critics. And on the whole, it seems that they, 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 they do. But I, I think that there is something to it that it's a very strange Venn diagram of people who want a Pride and Prejudice film 
done not in the way that it might normally be and a horror film and like and wants it to be a comedy as well it's mm-hmm. a very strange so despite the fact you're looking and go well that's clearly easy to market because of what it is who are we marketing it to i think to be honest I'm, Potentially, maybe if I'd seen it in the cinema, I'd have gone, oh, blimey. But I think actually somewhere at Netflix. Spent £12 on that. £12, yeah, but watching it on Netflix of maybe like so later in the evening with some friends and a bottle of wine, I think, is the, I think it's one of the a perfect sort of film for that. Yeah, this is it. I think I think it is aimed at Austin fans. I think maybe it's aimed... Oh, really? Well, it sticks pretty... Uh, for the first two thirds, it really does stick to the plot. And I don't know why you'd bother with so many characters who are in the book and so many scenes that are in the yeah. book if you weren't kind of aiming at that audience, which mm. I don't know if that's a good technique or a bad technique, but I think it's kind of aimed at me in that I'm thinking, yeah, zombies, yeah, Pride and Prejudice. I think, for me, it's a better film to see at home on a Sunday, maybe what? even a hungover Sunday, than in the cinema. <laughs> What's the typical demographic of a Jane Austen adaptation fan? Well, I, I think it's really interesting because like, we talk about Jane Austen, but if we think about it, like the closest kind of mashup of a Jane Austen is obviously Bridget Jones, really. Yeah, yeah. With Darcy and what's-his-name Cleaver, which is obviously what that's lifted from. Mm. And that's that's kind of like... Th- the most sort of simplest version of it and then obviously kind of you know everyone knows Colin Farrell is Darcy Colin Firth Colin Firth yeah (laughs) (laughs) Colin Farrell on the brain so it's uh yeah I don't know what the audience I mean most the 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 prime audience for Jane Austen is A-level students (laughs) yeah I'm I'm pretty sure she's still on the curriculum oh she will be yeah um, which which one I'm not sure. I think I just think it's I think it it should be aimed more at the zombie people, but it doesn't carry any of those. I don't I can't see people because my my demographic of my thoughts of demographic of a Pride and Prejudice um, adaptation would be an older generation who like that kind of thing, but having zombies at the end of that would not interest them in any way, shape, or form. So that for me is saying it's for horror fans who might think it's quite funny to see people in period dress killing zombies and that doesn't hit the mark in this either so I think so it, it did for me I appreciate you could have done rather more and think there is more to I yeah. think I think the fact so it, I think it does in a way it is an odd one in a way that it does kind of benefit from having read the book because I've most of the I found quite funny was seeing characters who have a particular way in the book and like um, uh, late Lady Catherine de Boer sort of showing up and you know in, in the book in most adaptations is sort of you know old dragon in the corner in this one there's very much a character with an eye patch she was able to sort of kill zombies the most effective anyone else and I in in, in and of itself I saw that I thought that's quite funny and I must know I did laugh I realised my reputation as a comedy writer might be on the line by uh, saying how much I found this film genuinely very funny but um, it, it might just be that if you're someone who doesn't see that many horror films or zombie films, you see some of this. I, I took from it very much neither a Pride and Prejudice fan nor a zombie fan, but somebody who just quite wanted to see what would happen, who mm. found it genuinely very funny. I do think the direction and the performances are very witty. I think the script is very witty. I don't think it entirely works, but I think it's it's sort of why I wanted to watch it. Um, partly, you know, having, writing a funereal sitcom, I thought a zombie comedy film would be in keeping. Hold on, are there zombies in season three? Um, <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to find out. No, but you'll have to listen <laughs> to find out. But um, I, I thought, oh, maybe that'll be slightly on brand, as it were. But generally, I wanted to see, you know, especially the fact that people weren't so keen. I thought, I want to see what What's this film on? is doing. Mm. And I genuinely think there's a lot in it that's very witty, it's very funny, um, that that if you have read Pride and Prejudice or you've seen a few adaptations at least of the TV series you do gain something from it and perhaps a zombie if you go in it wanting a horror film you'll be disappointed but I think if you go in there wanting a period drama done a bit differently and it might and it might genuinely be context um, I don't think it's the best film uh, or comedy film or period comedy film I've ever made but I, I think I got from it what I wanted when I was watching it The thing is from what that sounds like, the only reason you find it so witty is because the source that it's based on is so good. And that even in it, it's kind of form that, you know, is kind of taken apart that because it's based obviously on Austin, then it will always have that kind of wittiness. But I don't think that's anything to do with the film. That's just to do with the source, the source material. I'm sorry, I've, I've read, you know, I've seen Pride and Prejudice and I must, I've, I've, Though I can, I can certainly say it is witty. I always think there's a difference. I suppose there is a difference between being witty and being funny. I can see that is a tremendously witty book and a very clever book. I must say, I, I'm not a Jane Austen f- 
fan when it comes to sort of your sort of if I want to sit down and read a, an old timey classical book, I, I really like Charlotte Bronte or like Charles Dickens. I'm, I'm not really an Austin fan, though I've read a few Austin books. But from this, I generally think it is actually. I must admit, maybe I was very easily pleased, but I, I generally thought that the the dialogue was very funny. I thought it was giving us a funny, mm-hmm. and I must admit, from the opening pre-credit scene, I came into it thinking, this is very much like a Doctor Who. This yeah. is this is witches and Shakespearean England. This is a giant um, wasp attacking Agatha Christie. It's that kind of thing, which I'm very, as a massive Doctor Who fan, I'm very much into. I think, it's, I think, and the other again, maybe it's just me, and I have seen too many versions of Pride and Prejudice. But going into a new one, knowing what you're going to get almost scene by scene, there is something quite fun about knowing that at any minute, the scenes that you know, even though they kind of look pretty beautiful, even though you still have the balls and the dancers and everyone's wearing lovely costumes, at any moment they're going to get smashed up. And in a way, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I've done it. Yeah. And, I- and if you want it done immaculate, there obviously are those ones. But if I want to see people, you know, so people can sort out and chopping each other up. Um, yeah, I, I think when you know, Mrs. Featherston appeared and then got her head blown oh, off, that's and people horrible. went, "Come on, no, that's really pop back inside for the ball." I thought, yeah, yeah, I was, I was quite happy. I sort of knocked back my drink and carried on. I, um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of the Doctor Who kind of thing. Mm. I think the the problem with a lot of high concept films is that they don't often have the ability to carry the, the concept all the way through, and I think this as a as a Doctor Who episode yes would have worked. 45 would have worked. minutes an hour because yeah. yeah. I, I did enjoy it. I liked I have issues with how the zombies worked in this I have issues with the fighting I think they could have done it just just done it better um, but the overall idea I was, I was with it like yeah. I said up until it just went uh it's still going on and yeah. I'm not sure where they're going with this anymore. I, I think I think an hour of this film yeah. Yeah, is pretty damn perfect. And yeah. I, I and it was, you know, to, as it went on toward the end when it actually deviates substantially from the book, most of the Mr. Wickham stuff doesn't quite hold water. That plot actually gets very, very confused and his fight with Darcy, is it, it, that's a bit where they, it looks as if they've only got a day to film it and so they've got two shots and they use them. But um, there is a lot, I, I, I did really in, enjoy Lizzie um, her sort of journey through it is you know, to be as a badass zombie killer. I generally thought it was very entertaining for, for an hour of it. Where you, you you kind of want at that point maybe something has to come in. And if this were Doctor, there's of course where Doctor Who would come in, not playing a parson, but coming and resolve the situation <laughs> in a different way. So I think it, it, it's aching for something else to leap it that extra level to in the last forty five minutes or so. Yeah. But I must say for the yeah for the first forty five minutes an hour I was really really with this film. Um, well, let's let's tie that into the scores. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Spreadsheet of Dreams. <laughs> As it's now been named. So, David, as you you chose the film, can you lead us off with the scores? And with that, it's the recommendability scores. <laughs> um, would I recommend Pride and Prejudice and Zombies with a straight face? Um, you know, I... I <laughs> if you sit down and say, you know, to, you know, show me one of the masterpieces of cinema, show me something that's going to change the way I view the world, um, I, I, I wouldn't uh, choose this film. But I'm going to go with a, a three, I must admit. I'm going to say, I think this film sets out its store, says this is what we're doing, and I think does it reasonably well. Um, if you don't want that, then you, I'd say, you know, maybe turn yeah. it off. But I, <laughs> I'm going to say three stars. I think if somebody says Pride and Patience Zombies, I think I know what that is. Is it what it is? I'll go, yes, that's what it is. And they go, good. They'll put it down or they'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And on yeah. the basis of that, I think it's a good three. Beth? Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to go with three. Um, I, it's a ridiculous film, but um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed aspects of it. And also, based on the reviews, it was better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I was sort of thinking... Every, People, I think people really have turned against this film, and it's not a perfect film, but it's fun, and it does what it says on the tin pretty well. 
Uh, three, Helen. I mean, for this coming from the, the source material of having read the, the version with, and with and the zombies, the zombies <laughs> uh, expectations were very low and... <laughs> Met? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, please, no, don't. I mean... Yeah, don't don't waste. Is it written time. in the same tonality yeah, as, as Jane Austen? But then... yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's 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 what the film is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I I'm going to. <laughs> you can pick it up in many charity shops. I can assure you. Not, don't do get to charity shops. Go to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I mean the book. Sorry. Yeah, the book, <laughs> yeah. You can get the book, and I'm sure they've got at least three copies of it. Um, so I. I'm going to give it a one, which is a lot higher than I was coming in, having heard how much you did quite enjoy it. So um, I think if if you you've listened to the argument for it and you think you might go ahead with it, then then do, but don't yeah. don't. I, I think that that's as fair. If 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 I made it sound quite fun and you're convinced by what I've said, you'll probably like it. Yeah. If you've a, a shred of decency and you've decided to go for else. But no, I generally, oh, I'm going to stick, I generally think it's... Uh, you it's, definitely stick with yours. I think it's a lot yeah, of fun, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm not going to die on this hill, but I am going to, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, yeah, like good fun. On this hill. Yeah. I'm going to give it uh, 2.6. <laughs> uh, I like very I, precise. I like the 0.6 <laughs> But I think the, <laughs> I think you're exactly right in terms of, it's there, the title says what this film is. But it just doesn't pull it off. It could have done more. Um, and that's the awesome. problem with it. And um, this is certainly, even if it did pull it off, I wouldn't be going to the cinema to see this film. But the fact it's on Netflix means, yeah, I can put it on. And if it was good, if it carried all the way through, I'd be quite happy with that. And, you know, leave quite happily. But still, this concept, don't think it would have worked for me um, in, if the film carried off the promise of the first kind of 45 minutes. And when I say promise, I just mean better than I thought it was going to be yeah. based on the title um, so yeah 2.6 repeat the score <laughs> I sense this is where uh, standards may fall give me some diversion the, the mediocre standards might fall in a division um, David repeat, repeat the score would I watch it again probably not Im- immediately but again <laughs> now <laughs> you know maybe I won't watch it tomorrow um, having seen it yesterday but would I it, this, I must admit Back when I was at university, me and my friends used to uh, meet up very regularly. We used to watch sort of our old sort of our monster films and horror, films, and we we'd enjoy them. There were ones that we may, may have seen them before. Things like you know, um, not only just like the, the older sort of Hammer horrors, but things like the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man and these you know, nonsense films. Um, <laughs> absolute nonsense. But I, and we would watch and really enjoy them. And on you know, I, I, as I say, I, I'm not sure I, I, I'm going to put put this uh, back on very soon. But I think it's a film I might rewatch at some point and go. You know what? I generally found that quite fun. There will be a time when I go. What I want is something I can just sit down and watch period, people in period costumes with knives garroting zombies. And there is only one film that's going to do that for me, and it will be this one. And I will be, probably enjoy it again. So I'm going to, oh, I'm going to go for free. Oh wow! Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Your defence of this film is, that, is good. Yeah. Great. Will you be sitting next to him when he rewatches this? I I can't imagine really needing to watch it again soon. However, <laughs> comma if, however comma. <laughs> If my brother were to come round, mm-hmm. I'd watch it oh, with him. Yes, because we'd just yell at it. That's it. There are you. There are people I'd like to watch this exactly. film with. Yeah. Uh, so for that, I'll give it a two. I'd watch it again with my brother. Yeah, I'd change the audience. I might not watch it alone. But other than that, probably yeah. not. Yeah. Helen, five. <laughs> <laughs> surprising us. Sorry, it's a zero. <laughs> Astonishing. It's fair. I'm I'm gonna go for a point five. Um, because it's one hour and 48 minutes. You're committing yourself to nearly two hours re-watching this mm. when there are other films are other out film. there you've not Half seen. Half of nearly two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the problem, yeah, it's just the fact that I know what you're saying with your brothers and you'd like to see what their reaction is. Exactly, I don't, I don't it's a think, specific set of I don't think it's good enough to do that because there are some films which you kind of think, guys, let's just watch this because it's daft as fuck um and i introduced my wife to the room oh i was thinking yes. oh, of the room so and, this is and, and i can see what you're saying with um the with costumes the are nicer in this film because it's, it's not it's not stupid enough to kind of say guys oh, no, just well the b- budget differences as well i mean i oh. what the room wait this and the room yeah no no but i'm saying this isn't stupid enough to say let's just sit this yeah. watch this yeah. film 
it's, it's not it's plan daft. nine mm. it's not yeah exactly it's, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's not stupid enough or daft enough to be like let's watch this for a laugh for me um and i can't see myself watching it again but there might you know there might be some obtuse bit where i watch the first few minutes with someone and then go on to realize what you're doing yeah, and no and i'm gonna leave so that's where i guess the point five from <laughs> <laughs> um small screen score now David. <laughs> so i mean this is a tricky one mm. Uh, it cuts both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's how well this works on a small screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, given that, if I'm going to go with my current argument, which I, I may as well stick with, which is that this might have been a, a, a less than mind-blowing viewing when you're sat by yourself in a cinema and not allowed to talk through it, but might do rather better with sat there with a friend. I mean, I used to, I'm, I used to be, um, I haven't seen it for ages, but I used to be a big fan of uh, Mystery Science Theatre 3000, where they would watch, you know, these terrible... Films. See, this is I've, brought, which they brought back, of course, on Netflix. They brought it back, but yeah. why is each episode like two hours long? I really, I've heard lots and lots about it, but each episode is like two hours long. Yeah, they used to be ninety minutes, wasn't it? it was well, I don't minutes. know. But, it used to be ninety minutes. I thought like a thirty-minute. Ah, no, it always be... used to be ninety minutes where they would watch an old film and maybe some shorts as well. And it used to be it was a, it was a fun sort of convivial show. But most of the films in there are genuine ones. If you watch by yourself, you mm. go that oh gee, I can't. Whereas. This is a film, I think Pride of Prejudice and Zombies, you say it, it might not be bad enough. It's certainly not like room standards of bad, of mm. remarkably bad. But I do think, I I have seen The Room once. I gen, I don't think I'd watch it again, um, even with friends. Whereas this, I think, has enough to genuinely recommend it that I would watch it with friends for fun. Um, uh, so again, I'm going to stick to the mask. I'm going to go with a small screen score of three because I think Netflix is, and that kind of thing, watching Netflix is the perfect place to watch it as opposed to, say, I'm not going to wait for the uh, the remaster cinema uh, edition, but I do think watching it on something at Netflix is the perfect place. Beth? Yeah, I was aware of this being released at the cinema. I'm perfectly happy that I didn't see it at the cinema. Uh, so I, I think watching it at home on a hungover Saturday with a person you love if it's your kind of thing, is definitely the way to go, and I would also give it a three. <laughs> Helen? I would give it a three, I'm not giving it any higher. Um, I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's there. If you want to check it out, then it's there on Netflix <laughs> in all its glory. I'm going to go for five here. Um, yes. Because yes. There's, there's literally no reason to see this in the cinema. <laughs> Fair way of looking at it, yeah. um, so the special effects aren't that good to warrant it being on, in the cinema if I'd seen it in the cinema I would be sorely disappointed but also it's not like a lost classic waiting to be found no exactly. it can happily get hidden behind the real pride and prejudice <laughs> imagine if, if let's say like there was some sort of apocalypse and the only the only film that survived was pride and prejudice and zombies how would we then I just probably I wouldn't watch films <laughs> um, I imagine a, a religion was based around it, an entire culture. There probably, based there, around there, it. probably there will be cultish people around there. But I mean, can, no one cross, saw it. I mean, cross references. I think in this room, more people have seen it in this one <laughs> instance than went to the cinema and seen it. It was a stinker. But cross reference that with um, the room, which I've seen three times now. What? I saw it once How by do myself. You have the resolve. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. So I saw it once by myself. Um, I thought it was too ridiculous um i knew exactly what yeah. was happening but i couldn't actually believe as it unfolded it was as ridiculous as people yeah. said it was second time i watched it was um the disaster artist, artist came out i'd like to see it. is that good yeah, it's good and it yeah, was, i'd really like to see it I, it's all right i saw it with um i saw it, i saw it at the prince charles with yeah. the q a yeah because yeah. they do those nights yeah, yeah. so they did a q a oh, with um, the franco brothers after seeing yeah. the disaster artist and then it led into the room mm. and i have to say what's in the room in a crowd full of people who know exactly what the film is yeah is the best experience i've had in yeah. the cinema yeah. for a long I can, it was absolutely insanely hilarious yeah. and then the third time i watched it it's because i knew my wife didn't know anything about it i was just like let's watch this film <laughs> and yeah I, she are just you still married he was still married. and i had to pause after 20 minutes was, was it the night you got engaged it was yeah um <laughs> but she, she kept on looking at me saying why are we watching this film <laughs> um and i did it just purely to see what her reaction would be for yeah. me to say this is a, yeah let's watch this film because i've heard it's yeah. quite good um and I'll probably watch it again because I think it's, it's really what? daft. Because it, it, it it's honestly... It's iconic. It's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> super daft. I did say, um, I got a couple of friends in Edinburgh, um, Stephen and Rick, in case they're listening to it, who did go to one of those uh, live uh, screening of the room mm. where there was a Q&A afterwards with, I think, was it Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau, Tommy Wiseau yeah. yeah he, he was there and they got the photos. They, and they went, they actually went to the film 
dressed up in sort of dinner jackets and bow ties to make a real occasional. <laughs> and you got a photo taken with him um, and, and, and the, uh, the other Cicero. guy who co-stars in it. Um, and they said it was one of the finest evenings they ever had. It, must Honestly, have it genuinely is. And I've been to a few things at Prince Charles and yeah. enjoyed all of them. Uh, yeah. But this was genuinely the, the funnest time I've had in the, in, in the cinema for, yeah. for a while. Um, so I do recommend it to... Yeah. It's a shared viewing experience. Oh, it is, yeah. It's completely. a knowing viewing, viewing experience. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go to watch it ha- not having seen the room. Yeah. Um, but knowing it's, what you're walking into, it's great fun. Um, so this is not that. No, it's no, not. Like, no, we're, no, I mean, it would have been a completely different if about a different if the, film. the room was on Netflix, which <laughs> it's not at the moment. Engagement. Engagement score. Engagement. Um, I mean, objectively, clearly, I'd have to give a low one because it's not engaged the people I'm even speaking to right <laughs> now. Um, engage, does it engage? Does it hold attention? Um, it held my attention pretty damn well for an hour. Uh, the last 45 minutes, not quite so with it. Um, because I'm looking at this uh, at this big, big screen with a spreadsheet on it, and I do like consistency. I'm going to go for free just to make it a consistent. Free oh, across the board. Free okay. across the board. I thought I'll give it that because I, I do think again my my by final word on it is just it's it, I generally think it does what it does pretty fairly well. I didn't regret watching it. It's not the best endorsement, but I certainly came away from it going. I'm glad I've seen it. I think I've seen that film. I've had fun. I'll probably watch it with friends again in the future on Netflix or whichever and that's what I wanted from it so I did not come away from this film disappointed yeah I wanted to see it I I really enjoyed um, as you say the beginning I, th- I think it, it is a bit long I think I give it a 2.5 Helen it's a Betty Davis expression there yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, one <laughs> Not zero. <laughs> um, I'm going two point five oh, because yeah. it was half the film was quite fun, yeah. and then this was a This is quite boring now. Um, so what does that? Give? So I want two point three eight. Now, how does it compare to Sharknado three? That's what I want to know. So two point three eight is what we have. <laughs> Beth wants to know it Sharknado three. Similar, I think. Sharknado three. Da, 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 Maybe I was a bit more zero. Two point one. Oh yeah, so it beats Sharknado three. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which, I, which is definitely right, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, guys, yeah. where are you on the internet? How can we find you? Where can we listen to your podcast? Uh, we are Wooden Overcoats, which can be found on www.woodenovercoats.com or on Twitter at Overcoats Wooden or on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Tumblr, numerous other places if you type Wooden Overcoats in. And you can find us on iTunes and all podcast catches. Cool. And we'll be linking to you guys in the show notes. So scroll down and click um, to find them. We will do. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming on. Thank you very much Thank for having you. us. Thank yes. you. Yes. Cheers, guys. Bye. 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 Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flix Watcher Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv.